Hello, everyone. Welcome to the All Kidding Aside podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Bartelzi. This is a podcast where we talk to all kinds of women, women who are moms, women who are not moms, women who are on the fence. Uh, today, we have a great friend of mine, an amazing woman, uh, Julie Tepperman, and I'm so excited to have her. Uh, Julie is a Toronto-based actor, playwright, and educator. And together with her husband, Aaron Willis, she is co-artistic director of Convergence Theatre, thrice voted by Now Magazine readers as the best site-specific theatre company in Toronto. And what you guys don't know is that Julie's sitting in front of me, currently pregnant. Hi, Julie. Hi, Crystal. And I am with child. With child. Yes. And uh, huge congratulations. Thank I've, I've, you. I mean, I've seen you and... Um, you know, you announced this, which we'll get to that. You announced your pregnancy. I had no idea. And then I just saw you a few days ago and I couldn't believe how like big you are. Yeah, it's happening. You know, you're not large, but you're showing. You're definitely showing. Five months. I think I've lost track of the weeks. Okay. They count everything by weeks. Okay. I know. From the first day of your last period. So it's not a real count because actually, well, we can get into this, but I know the date that I conceived. You do? January 28th. Wow. And for your listeners, yeah, the first day, if you're curious, of my last period was January 17th. So that's what they counted from. Okay. And that's how they determine the due date, October 23rd. Okay, well, and then and then as you have your child, it's like, he's 12 weeks old. And then right. it's like 24 weeks up. You know, I'm always like, can you just say two? Two years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think okay. it has to do with milestones. Yeah. By all the books and the doctors and appointments. And then it's meeting the milestone. Yeah. yeah. So I will not be one of those people. <laughs> You say that now. <laughs> uh, but why I'm so excited to have you is because we haven't, like we, I, haven't sat down and talked to someone who was pregnant. And I, I guess I really didn't know anyone that was pregnant, like as I've started this podcast. And then and then you announced it. It was like, you know, and it, it's kind of hard territory. I didn't know how you'd feel about it, but I reached out and you agreed. Oh, so. my goodness. I'm so glad you asked. I don't know. We'll get into it. Like, how are you feeling overall? How are you feeling? Good. I feel good now. The first four months maybe were brutal they I w- were i was like what have i done i want to take this back really i was so nauseous there's no such thing as morning sickness at least mm-hmm. for me it's like all the time sickness it was um throwing up or just like gagging and not actually throwing anything up oh but i felt like i was on a boat for four months like i couldn't look at a computer sometimes i would have phone meetings at my house curled up in a ball and I couldn't eat. And the thing they tell you to do is eat small meals, always keep food in your stomach, mm-hmm. which helps with the nausea. But it's such a strange feeling to eat while eat you're, while you're nauseous. And I was doing a show at the time. I was acting in a play. Mm-hmm. It's it kind of one of my excuses, like one of my worst nightmares come true. Like, what if I am I get pregnant during a show and I can't do it or I can't? Right, that's a line it, of my show. Yeah, it yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, it really related when I saw that. Mm-hmm. And I got through it. You know, with mm-hmm. everyone, I told everyone on, in the cast right away. And the director. And how far along were you then? Like, I went into the rehearsal process a few days after you found I out. conceived. Oh, so you were like really... <laughs> yeah, and really then dense. so I found out maybe two weeks in. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, two weeks in when I didn't get my period. We took the pregnancy test actually on our 17th anniversary of being together. Oh being I know, we're going we're gonna to get yeah. into We've been together a long time. And then we, yeah, I told them the next day. They were actually, I told, I think I might have told them before even my sister Partly because the show was really physical. Mm -hmm. It was just me and another actor. We were on stage for 90 minutes and playing lots of characters and like spinning in and out of characters, like no backstage. I think I left the stage twice, but just for 10 seconds to pick up a prop or something. Oh, yeah, you did see it. No, that's what I'm saying. Because when I was speaking with you after the show, I was barely hanging on. I felt so rude, so much 
so often when I would come out and talk to people because I was just in such a daze and I was the narrative in my head was can I get through this conversation without throwing up oh, or God. passing out? We had out? no idea. Oh, I'm glad. Okay, and what was the show? Um, Ver- it was Ver- called Radiant Ver- Vermin. That's why a I'm British like, playwright named Philip Ridley, yeah, directed yeah, by no, John Shooter. It was in this really smelly basement in Kensington it was Market. It was a cool with, venue. It was a cool venue, but to me it For smelled you. so bad. <laughs> and I would, um, re- rehearsals got really brutal. And then, and in the last oh, 25 minutes of play, we play five different characters each, kind of nonstop. And that was the part, of course, we were rehearsing like mad leading up to the end of it. And I would just have to, I feel really bad. Often I just suffer through any situation. I have to pee, I don't pee. I feel sick, I I don't say anything. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. It's like, I don't want to cause trouble. I don't want to draw attention to myself. I could do it. I can, you know, be a hero to Mm -hmm. nobody, to myself or whatever, you know. We're very similar that way. Yeah, but it was actually one of the first situations I'd been in in my life where I couldn't take it. Like I actually would have to leave to throw up or just like I, the room was spinning and I'd have to say, I'm sorry, wow. I have to sit down or I can't, we could run the lines, but I can't repeat this physically right now. It was such a great lesson and really listening to my body mm-hmm. and trying not to get demoralized by it and just figure out what do I need to get through this, just like to survive it. And then once we opened, I would sleep until two or three Aaron, my husband, was directing shows back to back, so he was just gone. And I'd say, make me some oatmeal, please, and leave it by the bed. And maybe if I can wake up, I'll eat it. And so, I, you know, I was getting dehydrated, and it was just stupid. And then I would, yeah, I'd wake up, and I'd shower, and I'd eat, and then I'd fall back asleep, and then I'd drive myself to the theater. Sometimes I'd throw up in the car. I'd have to pull over. Oh, my God. It was like a bad movie. I felt like such a cliche of a pregnant person. And then, yeah, I would do the show, and I mean – Clearly, there is something I, I never had to leave the stage to throw up. We never had to stop the show. So there was, that happens, right? Our bodies are like we just go just into yeah. mode, you know, adrenaline. But several times, like after, I don't think it happened after I talked to you. Yeah. But several times, I'd be talking to people, then I'd go back to the dressing room. It wasn't even a dressing room; it was like a curtain was hung up, dividing <laughs> us in the lobby. And I'd have um, just plastic bags. Oh my god! On me, and I would throw up. Oh I can't yeah. imagine because you know, even like the odd time I get nauseous, just like that happens to all of us, and that feeling is so horrible. You know, even if it comes over yeah. me for like twenty minutes, I'm like, ugh. So yeah, I can't imagine. Every little breath oh. means something when you're sick. You know, oh. like every little movement or turn of the head or Jeez. and um I was convinced that I was gonna be one of those people who was sick the whole time. Oh. I know several friends who were sick for all of their pregnancy. And I called a bunch of them right away to find out like what did you do? What did you go on? I ended up being on um going being prescribed for my doctor, though midwives can prescribe it too, a safe drug, if anyone is out there and experiencing this, called diclectin, I believe okay. it's called. It's, I it's, think I've heard of that. It's yeah. a mix of yeah. vitamin, a B vitamin and a bit of antihistamine, yeah. like what you would have in cold medication. I researched it extensively. I asked several people who I know have healthy children who were on it their entire pregnancy. You can call mother risk. Have you heard of this? Yeah, yeah, I know mother risk. Yeah, I've called mother risk. Well, I don't okay. know why I know that, but I do. Well, <laughs> I think you're the uh, standardized patient program. Oh, actually, yeah, right. I forget which hospital they're affiliated with, but it's a phone line where you can punch in like an audio dial, like press one if you want to find out about cold medications. Mm. Press two for, and you could speak to a person, a nurse. I'm 37 now, and I'll be 38 when I give birth. Just turning 38. My birthday is October 8th, uh, unless it comes early. Mm-hmm. And when I was 33, I kind of had this freak out. I, we, I've got to get pregnant. This is when I, I said we would start our family. We've always wanted a family. I mean, we can get into the details of this. But I, that summer, 
I called Mother Risk three times with questions. Like, I went through all the vitamins I take, just every question I could think of. Even, like, I heard you can't get your heart rate above 145 or whatever, you know, like just stuff I had heard. And I made lists after lists after lists, and I called them, and they'd always say, and how far along are you? And I'd say, well, uh, oh, I'm not. And they'd ask, well, are you planning on conceiving? No, yeah. <laughs> I just have <laughs> questions. And one woman said to me, because it's a different person every time you call, this. and she and they keep a file on you. And she said, oh, yes, I see you've called before. And she said, we've never quite experienced anyone like you. But Oh, my God. So now I wonder when you're calling. I didn't call. Oh, you didn't. Okay, because no. they like, have you well, on do you file. Know what? No, I did call about the declectin, yeah. and they had old things. They, <laughs> they is acidophilus file. still a concern? Are you still taking vitamin B or C, or do you have questions about iron? Like they and I, I just had to say it's okay. You don't, that was a long time ago. We don't have to yeah. go through my file. Oh my god! But it was a great exercise. I realized I got so much fear out in the last five to seven mm-hmm. years that when it actually we went for it and it happened, I felt more just relieved, mm-hmm. relieved that I didn't have to make the decision anymore, relieved that I was over that part of my life and onto a new chapter, a new adventure, right. relieved that I felt relieved instead of feeling dread. And so, yeah, the nausea, I can say this now because it's mostly past. Yeah. You f- I feel, feeling I'm feeling good. But at the time, I, I had a bit of like, what have I done? And this is an awful thing to admit, but I felt like, okay, maybe I'll miscarry and this will just end. But Aww. the flip side of that was I better not miscarry because I'm not doing this again. Yeah. You know, Jeez. I would. it's yeah. like such a, in those early months, miscarriage statistically is possible. Yeah. Like it, it happens. And I was telling myself, like, okay, I'm relieved. I got pregnant. It worked. Don't get too attached. I signed up to a bunch of midwife. Um, you, you can fill out, like, intake forms online with a bunch of midwife clinics in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they tell you which hospital they're affiliated with. You have the option of a home birth or going to the Toronto Birth Center. I always knew I wanted a hospital. And then within a few weeks, they call you back. I We got on – mostly I was on waiting lists or, sorry, we don't have room. And then I got on two lists, and we went to the, these awesome midwives at – Florence Spadina, called Community Midwives. And after we did that interview with them, I thought, oh, I like them. Okay, so you do have a midwife now. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so you plan on giving birth at the In hospital. a hospital, yeah. yeah. So once I did that and knew I had that lifeline and got a sense of, okay, when are the ultrasounds? What are the things that I need to be on thinking about? Or, and, yeah. you know, I'm worried about the nausea. I'm not eating. And, you know, they would say stuff like, babies in the first trimester are really resilient. Mm-hmm. You can live off of soda crackers if that's all you could stomach, and they'll be fine. Once I kind of went through all of those steps, I really I stopped thinking about it. <clears throat> Pardon me. I just kind of dealt with the nausea, yeah. basically. Okay. And so but now you're feeling great. You look great. Yeah, I'm feeling mo- – by the end of the day, I feel like there's not enough room in my belly for this person and all the fluid and all the food that's built up well, during the day. You are and very feel- tiny. So when I said you're big, I just mean you're showing. Right. You yeah, are, no, like I feel – there's well, it's funny because when I saw you at your rehearsal for your show – I think it was also what I was wearing was a bit baggy. And a bunch of people said, you're hardly showing. How far along are you? And I kept saying, wait till you see me later in the day. Because at the end of the night, when I see people, people go, you're huge. Yeah, and both come yeah. with a little bit of like, I don't know, concern right. for me. Both comments. Well, well, I'm like, guys, don't worry. It's all good. Everything's fine. Because, I mean, you you announced your pregnancy. And then I think, like, I hadn't seen you. And then I see you. Right. And all of a sudden, you're yeah. five months, right? We also announced really late. Mostly because... Well, we wanted to tell our families first. And they're, they're over the moon, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty, like, even-killed yeah. about it. But yeah. I, I think we were really lucky. We never had anyone on either sides of our families asking us questions. I think 
they were afraid maybe to hear the answer, which could have been, we've decided not to have children. For certain, I know they didn't want to intrude if we were having challenges conceiving. Mm -hmm. They really both stayed out of it, Mm -hmm. which was mostly a gift. On the other hand, I think, oh, it might have been nice to talk with my mom about my concerns, why I'm struggling making the decision about going for it. but. In any event, yeah, we wanted to tell them first, but I didn't want to tell them too soon because I knew once I did, you know, you can't take that back. Yeah, of course, of course. And we really enjoyed it being just hours for a while. And then even after I told them, I waited a little bit longer to send out our, we called it our baby. I know, which I'm going to talk about. I just, I (laughs) got to mention this. Like, it was such a clever way of announcing your pregnancy. Like, Julie sent out a press release basically because her and her husband have such an amazing theater company and then I would because I remember reading it and going oh what new show are they up to because (laughs) it was so clever because I'm always following what you guys are doing and then it came as I was reading it and reading it and reading it I was like becoming clear that it was your birth announcement which uh you know, which was so cool. A few people wrote back and said, yeah, it took a while yeah, to, for it to drop in. I'm sure a bunch of people didn't read it because <laughs> like, oh, who wants to hear about another show right. that so-and-so is doing? Because oh. we titled it our next production or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I know. It was so clever. And three people wrote and actually asked for audition information. <laughs> not, no. Not joking. No. <laughs> oh, my hilarious. God. That's brilliant. Are you kidding? Really Did you write yeah. back and be like, oh, you can uh Well, the part the of Baby T is already cast and is in my body. Oh my god, that just goes to show that people skim it and they just see like, you know, a theater announcement. Oh my god, I gotta go audition. Also because I'm not on Facebook. So then afterwards, a few weeks later, I think, or or shortly after, Aaron put it on Facebook. On Facebook too. And a bunch of people who were on my email list then wrote in like they hadn't heard it before. So I'm still the old fashioned. Well I read it. I read it from top to bottom and then I wrote you back. I remember I actually like gasped. I was like, oh my god, that's so nice. Telling David, I was like, oh my god. It's a weird thing because I feel like I'm I've forever been, you know, yeah, the person who's hearing other people's baby news and reacting, Mm. you know, genuinely, but I don't know how you feel like it gets tiresome. Well, well, I I mean, the reason why, again, another reason I really want to talk to you and get into this is because, um, you know, we're, we're quite similar. I want to say in somewhat in what we do and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we're very close to the same age. Mm -hmm. And then I was explaining this that I've never asked you because that's one of the things I talk about is that it really isn't anyone's business. We shouldn't be asking women, are you having kids? Are you not having kids? You know, like with close friends, I don't mind if we have the odd conversation. Mm -hmm. But with you, because you've been with your partner for 17 years yeah we met when we were in theater school i was 18 turning 19 when we met and i was 20 when we started going out right like yeah Yeah. and i've known you guys together for so long and so you just think and again it just goes to show that i i try not to judge but maybe there's a little bit of judgment or or assumptions or or assumptions i should say and um i just assume maybe oh they're probably not going to have kids like you know that they probably would have by now, because even being married now for two and a half years, I think people just assume that 100%, like, oh, they've been together for six years, they've been married for almost three, they would have had kids by now. So I guess I'll just go out there and ask, like, was that something, were you guys on the fence for a long time? Yeah, it's it's uh, so interesting. Also, I mean, thank you for not asking, but also you so could have. I mean, we're yeah, friends. Right. I would have loved to have that conversation yeah, with you. And, and, I think and now that, I regret that I didn't. That's okay. I mean, we're talking about yeah, it now. But yeah. I, I think, and your show opened up so much. I mean, mm-hmm. everything that you and the character of you and the yeah. show goes through mm-hmm. are certainly thoughts over the last seven years or so. I say seven years, like when I turned 30. Was that's kind when of, you started thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. If I could go back and talk to my past self, I even said this to myself as it was happening, but it was impossible to stop the train. <laughs> I, I might say... It's okay. Like, relax. Take a step back. 
enjoy this time in your life. Enjoy mm-hmm. your 30s. You don't need to make a decision now. But that biological clock bullshit isn't bullshit. Like it really starts to started to weigh on me. It did. And I didn't have a lot of people in my life, family, as I said, or even close friends asking me. But I've always had children in my life. And I have peers in the theater world and out of the theater world who have one, two, three children. Mm-hmm. I've always babysat. So back to your question about like on the fence, Aaron and I, from the time, from the summer of love, we call it, from the first summer we had <laughs> in between theater school, yeah, at, at 20, in between second and third year of theater school is when we got together. got together. And we started as friends first, which was really nice. And we talked about children right away, always wanting to have a family. We named, we now have names for four children. Oh, wow. <laughs> two boys, two girls, first names, middle names, last okay, names, so that's already Hebrew names. Okay. Like we, over the years, and in the first two years, we named... A, a son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. And we've always spoken about them hypothetically. And we've always had children in our lives and have babysat together. And like we, I think we always knew we would enjoy being parents together. The moment it turned for me from hypothetical to a, oh, we're going to have to make a decision. And we'd start planning, you know, we do critical paths for a theater company for three years in the future. And we would never talk about children. Okay. It was always right. one day. Like yeah. it was really hard to imagine it beyond just a fantasy okay i joke oh aaron was ready 10 years ago and he was just kind of waiting for me mm-hmm. um and it became a real emotional challenge i i spent three years seeing a really excellent therapist and the motivation to see her she was recommended by a couple of friends and it was a good fit right away i was really lucky and i'd never been to therapy before and it's something i always wanted to do since I was like 12 years old, I remember the idea of like going <laughs> to go a to therapist. Would, just having someone not in my life, like not yeah. a friend or a, a parent or guardian, like just somebody no to judgment, talk to. Yeah. yeah. It was really useful. And when I spoke with her on the phone for the consultation before I had my first paid meeting with her, I kind of brought like three core issues in my life that I wanted to you know, bring to the table and talk about. And the first and primary thing was, I think I described it, I'm at an age and in a place in my relationship where we've been together for so long, we know we'd make really good parents together. We'd be a good team. It's something we've always talked about doing hypothetically. But now I feel like now that it's up to it's up to me to pull the trigger and I just I can't make a decision. And she commented later, I think in our first session or a few sessions afterwards, even the, the metaphor of pull the trigger, yeah, the no, imagery yeah. I'd come up with was like really <laughs> destructive and explosive and aggressive. And it was just funny. Okay. It never it is, dropped I, in. I was like, that's actually me. a great like, title. How for... I felt. I really felt like someone was holding a gun to my head and I came to realize that person was me. Uh-huh. It wasn't Aaron. It wasn't anyone else. And I think one thing that, that came up in our sessions together was, and then I brought this home to Aaron. We talked a lot about how his um, ongoing patience, his never-ending patience and understanding and whenever you're ready kind of mm-hmm. mentality actually created more pressure for me which sounds like a strange thing yeah, to say because he was so like he never put the pressure on you no, or, like, or gave me do? any ultimatums or anything yeah. like that. But I felt alone in the decision making. Okay. He wasn't actually saying it's up to you whenever you're ready, but that's kind of the message I was getting or how I was interpreting it. And so what came out of some of the therapy sessions was she gave me some suggestions for strategies to bring home ways to open up the conversation about it in new ways. So like one, one exercise we did, I kind of roll my eyes at exercises. I reject a lot of them, but this really worked. I think it speaks to my type A. Okay. Let's hear it. Maybe we, maybe we can use it. Okay. Well, she said, 
think I was talking about storyboarding for a show and using yeah. cue cards. She said, oh, you like cue cards? Okay, here's what you do. Go out one night. We ended up going out to a, a bar at like Bloor and Christie and sit together and have a huge pile of cue cards if you want to color code them with markers or categorize them. Of nachos <laughs> on not, top of that. Yeah, nachos and you know, all of that, you know, whatever you need to get you through. And write out on each cue card your fears for however long it takes until you can't think of anything else. Like drain yourself of your fears, your anxiety, specifically around having children, what that will do to your life, your relationship. It's like any fears. Okay. I, I can't remember now. It's funny. We're going on a trip in a couple of weeks and I want to remember to pack them and okay. read them together because we haven't since. It's been three years maybe okay. since we did that, two years. My pile was huge. Erin's pile was a quarter the size of my yeah. pile. Then we shared, like we switched and we um, discussed them. And a lot of the fears were the same. Yeah, I was going to say. And that. a lot of them were surprising. I didn't know he felt he was carrying around some of the anxiety he was, and he certainly didn't know with my mountain of a pile mm-hmm. of cue cards that I was um it, that it was just had become ever what is the word like all encompassing. Okay, it was taking up so much of my mental capacity and energy in ways I didn't even realize, and so couldn't articulate to him. But it became my like twenty four seven. Really, because do you think you really wanted to do it? But the, I couldn't but, figure but, out why I. Didn't yeah? Because I, I I feel the same way. You know, like is it? That's what I'm. That's what I'm asking. Like, did you deep down knew you wanted to do it, but like the fears were getting in the way? Yeah, and I, I for a while I wondered if it was a distinction. Is it fear of parenting and versus fear of being pregnant? And I spent a lot of time focusing. You know, like calling mother risk. I actually, played a midwife in a play, which was great. So I talked to some midwives, like for, as research for the play. I knew a lot of friends who had gone through that experience. I watched. A docu- documentary, a bunch of them, but the Ina May Gaskin documentary, the the Farmers Midwives, I think it's called, okay, the Farm Midwives, no, I- uh, and read a bunch of her books. So I and I knew as I was doing it, like, oh, this is a great way of kind of tricking myself into doing yeah. addressing some of the fears I have because of the unknowns. And and in this bar exercise that mm. you guys did, did you also mm. then list all the positives? No, we didn't. No. That's a great question. It we was didn't. all about the you know, fears. We haven't done really? that since. Okay. I don't know. Maybe the positive seemed obvious, but you're right. That's a good exercise because when you, if you really sit down to think about it, if we, mm-hmm. maybe we'll do that as part two when yeah, we when read the, now that we're in yeah. it and there's no going back. There's no going back, right. Because mm-hmm. what, was it um, by talking through the fears that you guys felt like, no, you know what? We can do this. Like, well, let's it's funny because this was, I think it was two years ago that we did this. So it still took... Yeah. Two years. I mean, it, it helped open up communication. It helped make the topic feel less devastating, and it gave us some some structure for talking about it. It made the grief we were both feeling okay. What was the grief? Like the grief of oh, we never thought we'd be stuck in this place of not being able mm. to make a decision and not even being able to clearly pinpoint why. Wow, I'm so I'm so relating to this. This is why. Yeah. yeah. One thing that my therapist asked me to consider at one point that was really helpful, she said, maybe it's not a question of when, maybe this is a question of if. Let's change mm. the question. And I rejected that. I'm like, no, no, no. I've wanted to be a parent since I was seven years old. I named my three children when I was seven. I always pictured I'd be like a single parent. <laughs> okay. You know, the dream I of the, you it. know, I don't need a man, you know. And then yeah. I met someone really young who is a part, an excellent partner to me in so many ways. And we built so much of our foundation around the fantasy of one day having a family together. Yeah. But she said, I really encourage you 
to to consider that. Picture yourself 65 years old, let's say, and you don't have biological children. We, you know, we started getting into, there are other ways yeah, to of course. parent and have yeah. children. And I didn't have to think about that for too long. I really, really knew that that, for me and with the partner I had, there would be a lot of grief attached to that. I also realized oh, there was a lot of, I don't know, shame, guilt, I don't know, pick a word, <laughs> of... um. The longer I waited, the more I felt afraid to find out if I or we could conceive. Yeah. Yes, I think that's a, a thing, yeah. a, a common thing too. You know, I was just speaking to a friend who, you know, she's she waited a long time and then they're having several issues, you know, and yeah. that's something she's going through now is the, the guilt. Yeah, it sounds like, like a, why did we start so hell. late, you know? And I mean, I know people who've been 25 years old and have had trouble conceiving. And I know tons of examples of people who are 40, 42. Yeah. My maternal grandmother, my mother's mom, had her, the fourth of four children, at, at 40. Yeah, I, would, I kept telling myself times, that. Right? That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I would have dreams twice a year. For many years, I'd have dreams of that grandmother hmm. who passed away in 2004. I would have dreams of her just standing. I don't know. We're never anywhere specific. She's just, she smiles at me and she says, have a baby. Aww. And I'd wake up feeling not like, you know, knowing yeah. that I'm inventing this, I'm conjuring this, but feeling a kinship and kind of comfort in the reminder that, oh, yeah, she had my mom at 40. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything biologically, but I did worry that maybe I would become a person who, I mean, I never went, phew, or yes, when I got my period, because we were using condoms right. 100% yeah. of the time. And you weren't really trying, yeah. The condom never broke. There was never, like, any reason to give, you know, even when I knew I was ovulating, we usually wouldn't have sex. Like, okay, I was that. pretty <laughs> diligent about, like, I don't want to get pregnant. But I wondered if I would turn into, from like, go from someone who, yes, I got my period, to the dread of, oh, my God, I got my period. Why isn't this working? We We got pregnant the first time. Oh, okay. I'm so, so lucky. So, so you. This is what I was going to ask you. So, you made the decision. Then you kind of like. Well, did you? Okay. So, on January 28th, I had a series of like work engagements where the timeline for certain projects were becoming clear for the next year. And I had said to Aaron, "Okay, come this April, I'll be 37 and a half. Mm -hmm. We'd like to have two children." Forget about the four names. Oh, okay. We so love I two children. Two. Yeah. I think that was also part of the self-imposed pressure because I knew once we get going, we're going. Like okay. one after the other was something I had yeah. kind of committed myself to. So I said to him, come April when I finish this show, acting in this play, whether or not I know about the future of some core projects I'm waiting to figure out the timelines for, who cares? Let's just go for it. January 28th, I know I'm ovulating. Because of how I'm feeling in my mm -hmm. uterus, my uteral yeah. area, and the discharge, and you know the, the all, things all that the happen, all the good stuff that happens to the body, and I, you know, I'm, I'm tracking when I get my periods on my calendar, so I'm guessing, yeah, when ovulation is happening. And I remember being this is graphic. I get. I just remember being in the bathroom that morning and realizing I'm ovulating. Thank you, and going like, oh, maybe like two more lost eggs or two more cycles <laughs> before. We try if we really go for it in April or – and then I, I thought maybe we'll just like go for it today. Maybe – and that, that thought just clicked into my head. So then the day ends with a phone conversation, phone meeting, where it becomes really clear that the project I was hoping would happen, like would be in rehearsal and be opening this fall, was going to be further delayed. And it was like a year already of delay after delay after mm -hmm. delay. And I hung up and I, I just thought, 
fuck this. My whole life I've been putting work and project after project. And always like, it's not a good time. It's not a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, less so about money or like a good time, even emotionally. Like it was just like, when I get through this project, it was always about work and always putting work first and like being like genuinely excited about that. And even though I've had so many great examples of artists who are also parents and who juggle that. I've spent so much time babysitting and yeah, living in people's homes. so many homes. great people out there doing so it all. So many great role models. So I know it's doable. But just for me, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to be in rehearsals pregnant. Or I don't want to have just given birth and then have to go into this intense yeah. period. And anyhow, so just hanging out from that phone call made me think, why do I keep doing this? Mm-hmm. I, and I felt suddenly out of excuses. And I went to visit my friend Mako, who just had a baby boy a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was one of the first people, I think, at least in her friendship circle, she told she's pregnant because we were doing a show together. She was in a show that we were producing, and so she told us that we could, okay. you know, help her stay right. Oh, I know, safe. I know. Yeah, and, I also yeah. saw that show. Yeah, she was great. And, um, yeah, and sometimes she would be, I remember in performances, I would just be looking at her belly thinking, like, how is that possible? There's a life in there. Mm-hmm. How is that? Just crazy. And she kept saying, take the condom off. Come on, join me, join me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe when you're on your second one, we'll, we'll, we'll start consider. Over, yeah. And I went to visit Mako, and she said something that I know other people had said to me before, but it just resonated really in that moment. She said, all those fears, like those cue cards, mm-hmm. all the excuses, it's all just noise. Yeah, yeah. Quiet the noise. It's like, you know, before you go on stage, yeah. the, the, the self-doubt, the, the demons. The, yep. I feel like half the battle of performing is even just quieting the noise and crossing the threshold mm-hmm. between backstage and on stage. And that's kind of the moment wow. where I found myself and I really legitimately felt out of excuses. I felt like even though I hadn't come up with all the answers, I'd at least explored and exhausted everything. So Aaron and I were going to see a play and practically as the lights went down, I whispered to him, hey, you know that two-year-old pot brownie that my friend Karina made us? My friend Karina from high school has something to do with engineering this okay. conception. You know that pot brownie that's in her freezer? We're going to go home, we're going to take the pot brownie, and you're going to fuck me without a condom. And by the way, I'm ovulating. <laughs> Julie And he was like, what? And the lights go down. And then at intermission, some friends we know are oh, talking to us, I... but you know, both of us the whole time oh, in our God. heads were just thinking about, did I really just say that? Is that, is that oh, what's going to happen? We went out for dinner, we took the subway home, and it, it was like midnight, we didn't want to go in our house, and we sat in our car, which was parked on the street, <laughs> our beat up. 13-year-old car that now I'm like, is that safe for a child, that car? I think it's still, our mechanics, is it safe? <laughs> and uh, we talked for like an hour and a half about, and cried and just everything. And you're like, and then? Is this happening? Is this, well, and he wanted to know why the quick turnaround. I mean, I do this often. I have these 180s. I'm yeah. so adamant about something and then I flip. And things that had come up in the past, like our, I think he one of his fears or sadnesses, like his grief he was carrying around, was wondering secretly, is my resistance because I don't want to have children with him? And I'm afraid to admit that. Is this maybe oh. the end of our marriage? And we talked, and I assured him, I mean, like, if I'm having children biologically with anyone, it's him. Yeah. I don't want to mingle yeah, DNA with anyone else. Yeah. I would sooner adopt than find another oh, partner. Gosh. We talked about what would it look like in our marriage if we didn't. Because we work so often together, it's it just the work all started to feel the same. Mm. Fulfilling, yes, but more of the same, the same, the same. And we were having a lot of trouble over the years finding new things to connect over. So I don't mean we've had a child to, like, save or spice up mm. our marriage. But 
But taking that condom off, taking that condom off, the marriage, dude. Yeah. I mean, a joke. It's like a new adventure, a new project. I don't have to write a grant for. Yeah, yeah. You know, and something that involves obviously challenges I can't even imagine, and emotional highs and lows, but a new challenge. And I felt like at the end of that conversation in the car when we had exhausted our all the talking, you know, we you could went do. In, you went in the. Well, house, I just huh? felt like let's say yes to life. I want to just say yes to this unknown thing. But we, yeah, we went in and, and kind of thought, okay, well, let's take the pot brownie. It was so old. It didn't really. And this is hilarious. Like, I don't do drugs. Like, I don't drink alcohol. Like, I do no drugs. So coming from me, this is like. That was, that was a wild yeah, night. It didn't really. He says he was high. I, I was maybe like a little bit loose and then we just at three in the morning we started to fall asleep i'm like oh i remember in the car thinking i guess our child is not going to be conceived tonight like who gets pregnant the first time but in my mind i was like is the spirit of our child in the car is it and i just said oh let's just go to bed and last like as we're falling asleep he went should we just do it i said yeah let's do it but i'm tired well i'm not like (laughs) i'm terrified i'm gonna feel trapped like just hurry I had long ago given up any notions that conception sex is romantic. Okay. And okay. that we we uh, need to like have the best orgasm oh, ever. Yeah, and it's that planned, yeah. right? No, yeah. I was it was just like medical. It was like going to the doctor. <laughs> Not, you know, what your partner wants to hear, but also he had anytime we'd come close to even taking the condom off, even just like to try it when I'm not ovulating. You freaked out. I just couldn't, like, suddenly, this is so awful. He'd hate when I would describe it this way. There's nothing he can do about it, but I would say, like, your penis becomes a weapon in that moment. Oh, my God. It's so awful. Julie, Julie, That's how I felt, because I just felt like I will then be, maybe I'll feel trapped. I can't control what's going on in my body. Like, I mean, we can't control what's happening in our body most of the time, but I have the illusion or the facade of control in so many areas of my life. And then it's just up to fate. And then, so and then next morning, I felt fine. I really, and then we, minus, I like to minus say. the uh, the pot hangover. The pot, <laughs> well, I didn't really get okay. high, so it was fine. But I like to say our child was conceived on the pot brownie yeah. night. We did it two more times without a condom that weekend, so who knows. And then I started rehearsals, didn't really think about it much. Felt like I was getting my period. And then on day, like, 29, which is a bit late for me, which was our 17th anniversary, because I like a little bit of ritual. Right? I was like, well, I am late. It is our anniversary. Let's buy the pregnancy test. And we did. I messed it up the first time. We bought the kind with two in the box. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. How do frightened teenagers who are alone oh, I know. I, do this? The instructions. I've had to do them sometimes. I know. I honestly once, I, I, I totally gave myself a heart attack because I, I read it wrong. Like, they're complicated. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> someone just like pee on it and wait. Yeah. Like, I wanted to flip it over upside down. So at after two minutes, I could go, ta da. But apparently flipping it ruins it. And so we were oh, arguing. He's like, don't flip it. I'm like, I want to flip it. It'll be fun to... And I, we flipped it and it was negative. And I was like, no, it can't be negative. And it, that was interesting to have like a tinge of disappointment, yeah. also a tinge of relief. Yeah. We watched an episode of Girls. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're just going to go to bed. And then I thought, no, no. And like, I'm like, oh, let's do it tomorrow. And then I thought, no, yeah, we have to do it. And he said, well, you can pee into a Dixie cup and then put the stick in. And within two minutes, it should light up. Within 10 seconds of being in my urine, wow. it turned positive. And there's this great picture Aaron took of us. I think I made him like, take a selfie. I want to remember this moment. We were hugging and like slow dancing to the song that we had played that was like our, our song. I gotta, and I love it. he's smiling, he's beaming, and I'm like bawling my eyes out in this photograph. But I was bawling my eyes out with relief. I remember thinking, oh my God, it worked. 
I don't have to make this decision anymore. Mm. It's just happening. And and so relieved that I felt relieved instead of, as I said, instead of devastated. Wow. And since then, I felt, honestly, aside from the the glitch of the nausea, Mm. I felt really even killed about it. Family and friends have been so supportive. You've been supportive. Like oh, getting I'm a so chance excited to talk you, about you know, it is really guys, yeah. Because like I'm not the person who gets pregnant. Everyone else gets pregnant. Mm. I've been so used to being the friend. I kind of feel like a cliche of a pregnant person. Like really? I feel like a little bit like I'm playing a part or like I'm wearing a costume. Okay. Like this doesn't feel like my body. Or I catch glimpses of myself in a store window and a You're reflection. Like, oh, I'm like, who's that pregnant? Oh, it's me. Someone on the way here. Gave up their seat on the streetcar. And you are like, why are you doing well, that? I said, are you only, I'll only take it if you're getting off. I'm okay. And she said, oh yeah, I'm getting off. And and I said, this is the first time I've like played the pregnancy card. Cool. You thanks. told her that? Yeah. And okay. she said, oh, I'm a doula. Uh, I know what it's like being pregnant and being on transit. And I joke that actually the time when you really need the seat, yeah. probably the third trimester. Yeah. But I needed them when I was nauseous. I remember being on so many crowded buses where I was going to just hurl and I needed to sit down, but it's not like I'm showing or, but yeah, I mean, that's it. It was like a decision, but a, a long time coming, but also not like a non-decision. It was an in the moment decision. And I'm so glad that it worked. Like I feel so grateful and lucky. Oh, well I am like, I am just over the moon for you guys. And it's, um, you know, it's so inspiring in your whole story. And I think I just, as I keep saying, I relate so much to, you know, what you went through and then the decision. I think that's a big part for me, like, because I haven't fully accepted the decision either, either way. And I think that's what weighs on me. Like, I can really relate to that weight, Yeah. you know, because an, I had another friend who's just fully decided they're not going to have children. Like, yeah. they've just made that decision. And she just said, you know, even just making that decision, I feel bricks have just you yes. know evaporated oh, from yes. my shoulders because they made a choice and i think that is what i'm still going through of like i don't know what we're gonna do like yeah. what do we do you know I've, I've had a few people who've been in our lives for a really long time and most of these are older people who said oh we were so glad to hear your news and you know we wondered if you were gonna have children and we always hoped you would it would have been really sad if you chose not to you know, in those moments I go, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being happy for us. But I really, I struggle with that too because we just as easily could have made the decision that your friend made to not, not to. do it. And that would have been a choice that we would have come to authentically mm-hmm. after, you know, a lot of work exploring that. And there's a lot of judgment and a lot of stigma, even if it never comes back to the mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm even realizing in the tone of some of the congratulations I'm getting yeah. There's a lot of, oh, thank God. I know. And, and it's and, a yeah. weird thing That's, to like... I, I think I would have a, a bit of an issue with people saying that to me. Like I would have a little bit, you know, of... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word is I'm <laughs> I'm looking for. But just like we'd also be okay, as yeah, you were saying. Like One can have a really full and rich, rich life. life. Someone, one of my... I have like a, a handful of goddess mother types, like mentor, older mm-hmm. female mentors in my life. And one of them said, you know... There are a lot of ways to have children in your life mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. to be a guardian and like an auntie and to, you know. Absolutely. I full heartedly yeah. agree with that. And I, it, it's like a real consideration. Um, wow. And just because you are with a partner that you love too. I mean, I, I also know people who've, single women who've made the decision to do it on their own mm-hmm. through a sperm donor, anonymous or with a friend and like are that was a decision. They weren't waiting for that person. But there's this assumption that just, you know, you found the person. Mm-hmm. You found your person, your life mate. And so the next step should be, but 
That's um, it's yeah. such a misguided way of looking at relationships and life and fulfillment. Yeah. We're going to have to wrap up this episode soon, but I just do want to ask you one thing because one of the focuses, again, my fear, which I've put out there, and I think of being an artist, an actor, a theater maker, uh, is there a fear you have at all with having a child? And and maybe you don't have this. I do, yeah. clearly. But is there a fear of, um, yeah, having a child and how you're going to still, yeah. you know, sustain your career or make theater or do what you yeah. do? Is it's there- so funny. Somebody asked me yesterday. They found out I was pregnant. Um, not a like a theater goer, a theater mm-hmm. lover, but not like a theater artist. And she said, she kind of leaned in and whispered, so are you going to have to give up your career? Or no, maybe she said, are you going to choose a different career? That was it. Oh, like and, I, and I didn't, I, I'm not saying that. Cause, no, you know, I but it was, so, I've yeah. never, no one's no, ever said that. And yeah. I looked at her, like, <laughs> I said to her, what, what Why? do you mean? This is my job. This is what I do. And she kind of backed off. I suspect maybe she has some... I don't know, regrets yeah, about her. choices she's made. Like, that's another thing, too. It's like reflecting that's the things issue. you hear back to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, what is, what's the baggage and the lens through which people are, you know, Absolutely. making comments? And it wasn't mean-spirited. It was like a genuine um, question. I think she leaned in because she realized it was a personal but, question. Well, yeah, but you're not going to give birth and go be a bank teller or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, right, right. yeah. Go back to school but, yeah. for a different career. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, I'm not in this situation that my parents and Aaron's parents were in, which was they could live off of a single family income. And it was a very gendered situation where, you know, in the eighties, the man brought home the money and the woman worked at yeah. home as, as a mother. I've had so many, like I said, so many great role models mm-hmm. over the years of artist families where both couples, both parents are artists or one is, and one is not. And there's so many different ways you can do of it. making it work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, money is always forever a concern for, all, for everyone for, for everyone yeah. i don't feel like it's more of a concern now that i'm pregnant than it has been before but i do feel really grateful at the level of flexibility mm-hmm. both of us being freelance artists affords us because there can be a swapping off mm-hmm. we'll have to make choices like aaron turned down a directing job that he wanted to take but he you know he came to me and said i don't think i can do this in january in st Catharines. okay and that would be like two months after i gave birth i don't know if what was what's going on in my life would make it feasible for me to move to St. Catharines. I don't want to live in a billet with a two-month-old, yeah, and no. the, you know? No. And he wants to be there. So that was a situation where it would have been money, not a ton of money, but money. And he, we joke, it's like the first adult decision he's had to make career-wise because we're used to, all of us are so used to saying yes, say yes to yes, everything. Yes, yes. Even yes to the, like, the play I did that yeah. you saw in the basement. It was like a profit share. I got 300 bucks, yeah. you know? So I, I do think I'm going to have to be a bit more thoughtful which is probably a good thing anyhow as i enter the stage of life yeah anyhow you're gonna pick and choose what's important to you yeah and not that we need excuses to say no to stuff or even you know we're joking earlier like feeling bad about not going to all of our friends fringe shows we don't need an excuse to Mm -hmm. say no i'm sorry i missed your show i can't make it to your show but i'm kind of looking forward to having the baby as an out in a way yeah to get out of doing things I don't want to do, or just providing some clarity in my life. Because if time is of the essence, I want to make sure that I'm only really working at the things that I want yeah. to be working on that are going to fulfill me in a myriad of ways, um, artistically, professionally, financially, etc. Well, I have I have no doubt that, you know, already what you and Aaron have created theater-wise and obviously child-wise, but I have no doubt that you guys will totally find a way to make it work and I think it's going to inspire what you guys do, you know. I hope so. and I've, I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> and I think you guys are just going to continue to create amazing shows and productions. And then I look forward to in I don't know six, seven years when your child is in 
one of your plays. You know, that might happen. That might happen too. Yeah, right. We'll be those uh, yeah. those parents sitting at commercial um, auditions. But um, but I, I want to you know I'll I'll put my name first out there too that uh, you know because I adore you guys that I you can put me on your uh, babysitting roster. <laughs> thank as you. Well. So um, thank you all. If you if you need, I me. just may call you from the yeah. floor crying my eyes out one day, going please or or can we go out for coffee? Yeah, and I'll I'll be there because. Again, I would. I Thank you. Can't wait for I this. tend to um, anyhow self isolate. It's mm-hmm. just something I do. Like I feel like there are not enough hours in the day to see all the people I yeah. want to see. I think about people a lot more than I reach out. Yeah. And if I have any time where I'm not working outside of the house, it's often like I want to read the thing I didn't read or write or so just mm-hmm. I like being by myself. But I I've had a lot of friends say like. Just beware of self-isolation because yeah, it increases think, when you have a child and just don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to reach out. And those yeah. are two things I'm really not great at doing. So. Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks but for we, that but, offer. But we, I, I also think, like, last thing I'll say is that when women become new moms, everyone goes, oh, let me know if you need help. Let me know if you need help. It's like, you don't have time to reach out to us. Like, we right, should just be right. helping you. Like, we should be going, I'm coming over. Let me take the child. You know, like, it shouldn't be It shouldn't be the new mom going, yeah, like... Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so. I think Diane Flax had a rule. Her wife made a rule. Maybe you can only come and see us and visit the child if you clean something while you're here. That's good. <laughs> and you, you should you should implement that into your yeah. life. Um, Julie, it's been... Such a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, um, we're just we're at our time and so inspiring. And like I said, I can't say it enough that I relate so much to what you're saying. And um, I think that's something that I do look forward to, that one day when the decision is made, either way, that there will be a weight lifted. Yes. You know, and yep. that fear does get in the way of many things that we do. Yeah, fear and, and noise. We have to shut the noise. That's been Julie Tepperman. And I've been Crystal Bartelzi, and this is the All Kidding Aside podcast. And if you want to reach out or get in touch with us, you can reach us at allkiddingaside at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. That's been our podcast, All Kidding Aside. I've been your host, Crystal Bartelzi. And if you like what you're listening to, why not go on iTunes and subscribe? And you can even leave us a review. Five stars would be amazing. And if you want to get in touch with us with any comments or questions, you can reach us at allkiddingaside.com podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.